You're listening to episode 137 of G.I. Joeberg. I'm Steve. Singapore Steve. <laughs> and I'm joined by... <laughs> uh, South African Rob. This is what the pre-game meal was. Donut holes, a five-hour, an energy tonic, and thank God an apple, Cujo on the West Coast. Right, ramen, dude. <laughs> it's a staple here. Chuck some chicken pieces <laughs> in there and wash it down with vanilla coke and Ritz crackers. Oh, oh. what a life. <laughs> that sounds like living. At least you had chicken in your ramen noodles. <laughs> totally, totally. Had to be. Need some protein, man. I don't know how people just live on carbs. Yeah, it's one way to just really create a brick out of your, <laughs> your stomach. Anyways, dudes, <laughs> how we doing? 137. Wow. It's a podcast. We made it. We made it to 137 episodes. That's impressive. For, you know, with a couple for change. You know, we've, we've done a couple of specials. Um, yeah, it's going good. Um, I'm sipping on a um, peach iced tea with vodka. It's pretty good. It's very refreshing. Yeah, otherwise, um, everything's going good right now. I'm very excited that, that people um, reacted quite positively to part three of Blazing Sands. I mean, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The flag finally set sail. I've been threatening to do this for a long, long time, and it's such a thrill to finally release it into the world. And a relief. I mean, uh, what eventually, as far as part three is concerned, I mean, we are going to work it in a lot more in uh, forthcoming parts, but ultimately in part three, you know, all the work that went into floating the flag really just became a few establishing shots. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're very good looking establishing shots, if I do say so myself. Gorgeous. But like, my god, they're, the tale that we are going to tell in this podcast, it's epic. It's, it's gonna be amazing. It's just gonna be over the top. It's a journey into Mordor and back. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you doing, Kuz? We haven't heard you for a while. I had to cool off, brother. You knew I did. It's been raining a lot in the States. I think a lot of people are shut-ins right now. On the West Coast, it's, it's decent. We got some sun today. I'm good. I, uh, let me, let me turn that question around. Oh. Is it kind of feel like fever pitch on your continent as well? Like, it's almost like there's no time to rest anymore. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting busier, um, especially with our, our event coming up at the end of April, FanCon. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm getting very busy. Uh, um, and I'm getting more social as well, which is pretty awesome. At oh least not in real life. <laughs> not in real life. <laughs> not yet. Um, I've actually started, uh, I've joined a couple of Discord servers. Um, Discord is kind of like a, a chat uh, app, I suppose, or a program where people, you know, like-minded people get together and they talk about stuff. Um, and I've managed to find a couple of groups that I quite like and quite like me. So um, I'm getting social in a way. So I'm um, I'm quite happy about that. I'm glad I'm glad you brought up FanCon because I I can't talk a little bit of Joe Community. Mm. You want me to do that right now? Why don't we lead with it? Why not Joe Community, dude? There's some great things to talk about, but uh, you can break the ice, Cooge. Alrighty. Um, first, what I I, I kind of have I don't know. There's there's many different takes on Joeberg. For me, things need context in media. So, I mean, that's what I do. I have to say that Full Force, D80, Chris McLeod, whatever you want to call him, I'm, I'm going to slow this down because, as I said, the sugar probably has my mouth working faster than my mind. But 
the dude is doing handstands. Um, he just interviewed Bobby Valla last night. I don't know that cat, but he's launching his own uh, IP. This this wow. is where GI Joe becomes GI Joe. Um, support support uh, network. Is that Valaverse? Indeed. Ah, oh, very good. Okay. Whew. He's incredibly talented at what he does. I think he's bringing some concept art, or at least some. I don't know what he's 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 kind of bringing some hype to Joe Fest in Georgia, and I'll get there in a minute. But I did want to put a spotlight on on D80. If you're putting on a convention, invite this guy. Throw him in a hotel room. He's going to give you three or four takes on the uh, event. Uh, he does great work. He even and this is funny. Even when he's talking like, oh, vultures are picking over Hasbro right now, like he brings a smile to your face. Huh? That's appreciated. Cheers, brother. Um, Bobby Valla, uh, keep your eyes on him. It's new network. Um, let's see. Uh, Joe Fest, let's talk conventions just real quick. If you can make it to Joe Fest, do it. Here's my logic. None of us are getting younger. Hama's there. Slaughter's there. Several Joe Shakers are there. By the way, uh, Full Force will be there, and Cujo will be there, uh, repping uh, Joe Berg. So you got two of the best in the media game at this event. HCC's actually got a panel. Hey. What? Yeah, That's man. incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's a credit to Ed. I, I'm, I His last name is slipping me, but the the dude that's putting on the show is a forward thinker. He, he sees where, where the media is at now. He's given a spotlight to people that are carrying the brand right now. So kudos to him. I'll see you in uh, June, brother. Also, more locally, I, I have seen some hype for the Joe show in, I think, Pasadena. That's early June. I'll, I'll find my way there. If you're in Southern California, show up. Let's chat. I think that's all I got for community. I could do a G.I. Joe Berg first. You want me to go there? Mm-hmm. All righty. Thank you, brother. Uh, let me talk directly to Hasbro right now. I think you guys are hiring a new director for the G.I. Joe Visionaries brand or something, like Global Network or something. Um, I could suggest a lot of names, but I'm only going to throw one at you. Uh, here's my context. I cover, I cover pop culture conventions. Um, I've done it for several years now. I talk to everybody who talks Joe. If you want a good leader, take a look at Joe Slepsky. I know he threw some heat your direction. Here's, here's my logic. The dude is already vertically integrated. He knows people in the entertainment game. I've seen him. He's good. That's half the battle right there. He, he is his own media source. That means he can communicate with the consumer. He also works in the comics medium. That means he knows the temperature of the brand. Enough said. As far as uh, new Joe stuff, uh, stateside, I know that their uh, IDW is wrapping up the silent interlude, maybe? Is that right? I think that's what it's called. If I remember correctly. <laughs> uh, are you guys getting those in Africa or no? My store isn't ordering them. Um, I mean, I, I could probably get them, um, but I haven't actually, I haven't recently been catching up on comics. Ugh. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to comment on uh, networks or anything like that. Uh, but uh, Hama is still doing doing great work. So 
And and I believe they've got some artists that are trying different angles. I right, give them a look. You know, there's not that much good storytelling out there. Give GI Joe another look. Uh, that's it. I'm out of gas. Cheers, Joe Slepsky. Uh, it's deserved, brother. Nice. I hope he gets the job. That would be amazing. Well, look, I think most people around this community know that I spit fire. That's my job. I mean, if you're media and you're not heat checking people right now, it's gut check time. Um, but Slepsky is tactful. He's dude, he's he's a charmer. He's great at what he does. And I got to hang out on an aircraft carrier with the man. <laughs> nice. Hey, Joe. Yeah, man. So Joe's killing it on Joe and Joe. Chris is killing it on Full Force. Uh, I'd like to shout out a third podcast, which I've Whoa. absolutely adored chewing through their entire catalog. Uh, they are doing a issue by issue read of the uh, Marvel Real American Hero run. And that is ground that never gets old for me, particularly when the two guys covering it have such great chemistry. Their fellow countrymen to Chris, <laughs> they're a pair of Brits. Uh, the name of the podcast is Talking Joe with Chief and Ben. And Chief and Ben are just a delight to listen to. Um, you know, whether they're talking the content that we all know and love or just talking about what groceries they're buying. <laughs> they are entertainment <laughs> uh, par excellence and I absolutely adore them. They also have had some pretty neat heavy hitter interviews recently. Uh, most notably, as far as we're concerned, um, uh, Michel Fife of Sierra Morte fame. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, that's my sales pitch. If you are a fan of this podcast, I assure you, you will be a fan of theirs. Talking Joe with Chief and Ben. Check it out. And that's it nice. for community, I guess. Yeah. Boom. Hey, Rob, any closer to that uh, G.I. Joeberg Discord? <laughs> well, what was the response? Sorry, I'm, I'm never on Facebook. <laughs> were, were people interested? Um, I mean, we did mention in the last podcast. <laughs> I have uh, been asked on more than one occasion, read twice, <laughs> to uh, to get something started on Discord, I just okay. I'm spread a little bit thin with uh, with YouTube and Facebook. I can definitely handle it. I mean, I, as as I said earlier, I mean, I've I've become quite quite busy on Discord. Um, yeah, no, I I thought we were still feeling out like whether or not people wanted that kind of stuff. But if you people do, we'll provide. Um, I think yeah, definitely keep your eyes open for the for the link soon. Keep your eyes open. Blammo. And listeners, you'll finally have an open channel to rob. <laughs> hey. You know exactly where <laughs> to find your, uh, your, your Joburg member of the hour. <laughs> Absolutely. You'll know exactly where to go to get a good scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly pencils on Instagram. Uh, Cooge on the Twitter sphere. You can find me on Facebook. Facebook. Guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin Discord. Choose your your weapon. <laughs> Choose your team member. <laughs> so guys, Blessing Sand Three. Um, I've had it coming out of my ears. I don't know if anyone else wants to break the ice on it. Kuj, I mean, I think perhaps since you are 
um, the furthest removed from the whole process, you are kind of in another time zone. <laughs> uh, what were your first impressions, man? I just caught it like everybody else. Um, right off the bat, like uh, the three minute mark, I had to stop it and message you because mm. that's isn't that kind of like the 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 I, I guess the mind breaker is how did this guy get that boat to float? And furthermore, not furthermore, not tip or fall over. Uh, <laughs> but you want to go there because that's the biggest strike for me. Damn, I thought the three-minute mark was like Mindbender's crotch shot, as he says, "This is going to hurt a lot." <laughs> <laughs> but okay, the three-minute I... mark. Yeah, the flag finally sets sail. Uh, like I said up front, this is something that I've been threatening to do. Well, I suppose ever since our initial flag modification got such attention. I mean, to this day, mm. uh, not a not a week goes by where I don't get an email asking for measurements uh, to get you know or, or plans, and I have to very sheepishly say to whoever's asking, uh, we don't have plans per se because we kind of just made it up as we went along. You know, we just built the flag on a board. Like, did a rough outline, <laughs> carved up the board, doubled the heights of the, the trusses by putting them on wooden blocks, painting the whole thing gray. I mean, literally, what I say in that video, um, that is exactly how it came about. I realize I should have done a making of, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I am talking about a video that is, oh, geez, seven years old now? <laughs> mm. It's ancient. Um, we've come so far since then. So yes, the ultimate, ultimate flag upgrade, the flag that floats, uh, did actually chronicle the making of, and that will be dropping shortly, but suffice it to say, it is a polystyrene base into which the flag deck plates are screwed, the tower slides in very securely, I might add, uh, into a sort of a slat that is carved into the side of the uh, the polystyrene. The whole thing is painted gray. I did some paint matching, and that was kind of uh, a tip that I got from Mike Mercy, who um, matched his ultimate flag base um, to a piece of plastic that he took to, I suppose, his, his local hardware store. Uh, but unfortunately, the paint wound up coming up a bit too light anyway, but I don't think anyone's going to crucify us for that. <laughs> I don't really show <laughs> off the base much in uh, Blazing Sand Part 3. That will come very shortly. I mean, I'll most definitely showcase it a lot more in the making of video. But, uh, gosh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it is it is a bit of a cheat. I'm throwing away the the the, the bow and stern plates of the flag. And all the trussing, you know, it's only the, the deck and the tower that are going to see with me. But in many respects, those are the real business end of the flag. You know, if you are taking it to sea, you're not going to get the under deck space that you have with the, uh, what should we call it? The, uh, the ultimate flag? This is the ultimate, ultimate flag, the one that floats. The ultimate flag is the one that rolls. <laughs> Confusing? <laughs> no. Um, nah. 
Anyway, so yeah, you have to do away with the underdeck space, but what you do have is a flag that is so incredibly buoyant. Unlike the Titanic, I can guarantee you this thing will never sink. <laughs> It'll sooner be swept out to sea. Uh, it, it is <laughs> it is completely unsinkable. I could probably put myself on the deck. Oh god, I'm actually going to wind up doing this. I can see. Uh, just to prove a point. Um, but I could probably lie along the deck and not only would it float, but it would also be stable enough to not put any of the plastic parts under any kind of duress. You've created a, a, a ninth wonder of the world. <laughs> I believe. Because <laughs> it looks fantastic. I mean, if you can see the base audience when you eventually do get to see Stevens. <clears throat> process um it really does look very good um the painting looks good the kind of the way he's kind of shaped it it looks like a proper boat um obviously you can see that it's you know layered and stuff but um that thing yeah, is, i will it's, make it's one caveat i did not carve it expertly to smooth it out for two reasons one i don't have the expertise two this modification has to be something that anyone can make effectively Mm. You know, if I'm if I start using any kind of really professional techniques, it's going to start putting itself further and further out of the reach of the layperson. I am a yeah, layperson when it comes to Joe. yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, yeah, no, that is me when it comes to any kind of handy work. I mean, oftentimes people are daunted by the level of carpentry that it would take to make the ultimate flag. I just use hand tools. Okay, maybe a jigsaw to, to make it a little bit quicker to carve, but I mean, it's not major carpentry. It's not, you know, it's not joinery. It is literally just like sawing a board and sawing some planks and painting them. <laughs> so similarly, this is just layering polystyrene after having used a hacksaw to like just shape them, basically, gluing them with an adhesive and painting them gray. Bish bash bosh, put your flag in the ocean. If I may step to that, I didn't mean to undersell the storytelling, brother. Uh, we'll get into that in due course. I think it was more your framing and even even the promo shots that were leading up to the video. You're like, this guy really did it. Um, was that like a little tide pool? Was there motion in the ocean? What was going on there? Ooh. Wow, that that's a whole story. <laughs> yeah, the the short answer is uh no, this is not a tidal pool. This is the ocean proper. There is no wall beyond the rocks that you can see. You know, if you if you drew a straight line radiating out from that bay, you'd eventually hit Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Rock with a Exactly. With a, with a prevailing wind, we could have sent uh, our flag on a very long voyage. But <laughs> the long story that we need to tell, and I think, I think we're ready for it, Rob. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> the day that we eventually managed to get it in the can was actually the second day we attempted it. First yes. time we attempted it was in a a very neat, controlled condition, very flat, smooth piece of water, shallow piece of water, which could effectively double as the ocean because 
would be able to shoot it at a very low angle. If there's a stunning sunset in the background, you wouldn't see that it was only sort of floating in like a foot of water. This is basically yeah. a lagoon that would be adjacent to the sea, but there's a sandbar between the sea and the lagoon, which would stop you from... You'd get the sort of infinity of an ocean and yeah. a setting sun. But alas, not only was the lagoon dried up on the day that we went there, <laughs> because, mm-hmm. I mean, this 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 lagoon in, in, in point... Uh, who knew it's not perennial it's not evergreen or ever ever blue ever wet we didn't <laughs> so yeah there was no water in it and the ocean beyond was absolutely roiling i mean it was yeah massive white water breakers there was no way we were going to sail in that water that's even if we could get it down from the car park you see the wind was pumping so much that Rob and I attempted to pull out some of the deck plating and the, the um, well, we're just going to call it the surfboard at this point. The into surfboard, which, yeah. Yeah, into which the flag would be fitted. Um, and it, the wind just took it. Like, literally, I think, Rob, you saved a piece of deck plate from, like, being blown out of the <laughs> car park by, like, basically stomping on it. <laughs> yes, I did. I, 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 as gingerly as I could, but at the same time with enough force that I was like, let me not lose this. Mm. I was scared. I, I, have, <laughs> I have a pretty good mental picture. I've seen how gracefully you move on the uh, glider video. Hey. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know. The, the wind was absolutely insane that day because we'd only really been there once before. And the wind at that time was just, it was perfect. It was a beautiful day um, when we filmed um, the, the kind of like final scene, um, you know, the, the kind of airplane scene with uh, Lady J and uh, <clears throat> who's it again? Ace? Yep. <laughs> Atlantis Ace. back to part five. Yes, it, it that was beautiful. And we were like, okay, we're going to get the same again. Nope. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we lost our shit that day. It was so windy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a complete loss though. We we got some some you know aircraft shots. Um, so at least that was good. But um, yeah. And also let me tell you, you can't get more than two people and the flag into a vehicle because it is so big. And not even just a normal car. We took um Stephen's father's station wagon. <laughs> I could barely fit into the car. Like mm-hmm. it it's huge. It's absolutely gigantic. Like the amount of space it takes up. But yeah. So that was. Not a complete waste of time, but it was a bit of a disappointment. Um, so we followed it up as soon as we could. Actually, on the day um, of our State of the Nation address. So we had to take the long way around to get to our new location. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so roads going into town were all closed. Of course, the flag resides at my folks' place, so we had to come from the suburbs of Cape Town. And to make matters worse, even with the road closures, there was an enormous forest fire in the mountain pass that we needed to use to get down to the coast. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, we we took a very scenic route, which wound up being all right. I mean, I, we actually avoided all gridlock that way. Yeah, it was a quick quick drive, considering. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was the most perfect condition for it 
uh, that being warm, sunny, and not a breath of wind. But of course, yeah. that makes it the most perfect condition for beachgoers. For <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> the tidal pool that I had staked out to be our sort of B location, or was it our C location? I mean, we had knocked quite a few off the list. One of the mm. locations, which was perfect in every other respect, doesn't get a setting sun that time of year, which my dad pointed out. He was like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you were shooting in winter, the sun sets right between these two uh, rocky walls. But in summer, the sun's setting way off to the left. So you're going to be in shadow the whole damn time. I was like, oh, damn it. So, yeah, I think third location down the list was this tidal pool. There would have been a slight sort of ocean wall, sea wall in the background, but like, whatever, we could do our best to frame it out. Yeah, we've dealt with um, a lot more, you know, like scenery that we had to cut out, I think. What we couldn't frame out were about a hundred people in the tidal pool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who would have no doubt found this aircraft carrier all too amusing. I mean, we would oh, be goodness. so harassed, there would be no way we could get any usable footage whatsoever. In fact, yeah. I'm pretty sure you can see a woman walking her dog in maybe one of the <laughs> establishing shots in Blazing Sand Part 3. But what we wound up selecting was a rocky inlet just beside the tidal pool like literally right next to it and and also how we decided that actually because <laughs> we, we we kind of scouted we were like oh damn there's lots of people um and then we went back to the car and we grabbed like some of the stuff so we're walking down and steven's like okay i think we can we can film around you know around the people and stuff but as we're kind of getting closer he's suddenly like no screw it let's go over there <laughs> i'd rather risk the ocean <laughs> than people which i must say i mean in the procession of like I suppose, throwing inhibitions to the wind um, that this entire process has been. I mean, like, making peace with the fact that, yes, your 35-year-old toy is going to taste salt water Mm. is the first of many. Knowing that it is going to be in the open sea, no wall, like, if a big wave were to come, that's it, man. Smashed. Not to mention a big gust of wind, you might lose Cutter's hat. That's true. Cutter's hat's not removable, Cujo. Come on, buddy. (laughs) Disbelief, brother. Killhorn's hat, maybe. Ditto. Look, I mean, to my chagrin now, I mean, we brought a mess of figures, but (laughs) with the setting sun and our schedule already becoming increasingly tighter thanks to these additional you know travel times deciding on a location like we had very very small windows now so we didn't wind up using i suppose half the equipment that we brought with us in terms of just populating the deck of the flag i wanted to put keel hall into the the tower but it was like she's got no time let's get the establishing shots of this boat in the can and worry about the little details in pickup shoots. You know, one thing that um, I was very pleased Paul didn't notice on the first viewing um, was that the interior tower shots 
like the windows are all blacked out. You can't yeah. see through them. I don't know if that struck you guys as odd. No. I mean, are we talking cine- cinematography proper now? Did it, did it pull you out that you couldn't see the setting sun through the portholes? Not at all. No. Cool. Good. Good answer, Cooge. I mean, the way I justify it is you'd also not be able to get any of the kind of the close-ups on Keelhaul, Cuttle, Polly in those shots if I'd filmed them on location. You'd get this incredible silhouette of like figures moving you know in front of the camera silhouetted through this golden sunlight but you would never get the close-ups the intensity you know trying to read some character into the character or into the the the, these plastic fixed expressions yeah but it feels kind of cool actually um I, I, i like because knowing that it wasn't filmed on location, but it, all, it still kind of fits with it. Like, I was like, mm. they're on location. It's like watching a TV show, you know, like, they're on location. And then you go into the house, and you're like, that's a set. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, dude. Or it, it could be feels... like an episode of The Golden Girls. You've always got that stock standard, like, exterior shot of <laughs> a house. Was that? Yes, I know. It's <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the you're on a soundstage. Full house. Full house, the Cosby show. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All of those Brady shows, but like, <laughs> it didn't take me out of it. It, I was just like, this feels like a proper TV show. I really like that. Well, mm. I, I mean, at least coming from a Joe fan, like, or at least a, a fan of cinema, it's fun to watch it in layers. Like the first time I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, oh wow, wow. You know, you're just kind of like, oh, Polly's a main character, and I mean, you know, I love companions. <laughs> but uh, no, like the second viewing, you're like, okay, okay, you're you're kind of looking at the craftsmanship, and that's. I mean, that's where it's on another level. I mean, I kind of feel like when you guys drop something, I, I don't know. I mean, we have no hype machine. Well, that's not true. We do. It's called the Joe <laughs> Community. But, dude, if you're not walking across a stage in the near future picking up some hardware, I don't know what's happening because, like, your shots are GD dynamic, brother. Cooge, at this point, I need to uh, let you in on my stance on awards and nominations. <laughs> that ain't <laughs> my bag, baby. <laughs> Good man. Yeah, they screwed me again. HCC knows. He knows all too well. Uh, man. Am I going into it? Yeah, I suppose I have painted myself don't, in the don't corner. Go. No, look, I mean, I, I, I try to make it very clear to um, the various theater award bodies in South Africa that I would like to avoid being eligible for nomination for various reasons. Some of them sound quite noble. Some of them are very petty and I've got no problem admitting (laughs) to that. But the bottom line is I made my decision some time ago and I'm standing by it. Of course, it's very embarrassing when they nominate you anyway and you look like an idiot (laughs) because... Hey, I thought you said you weren't accepting nominations, Stephen. Well, what's this I see? A nomination. Uh, yeah. Well, can't well, control everything. Consider yeah, it a backhanded compliment. I know. Uh, I, I think yeah. I, I think I roll with Hemingway's words on this one. Like you, like the more a writer or a creator comes out of their shell and into the public eye, I don't know. They lose. They lose something. Hmm. Nice. I only wished Hemingway was more of a set workbook in South Africa. He, uh, he, he's an author that's, 
didn't get much attention from me, unfortunately. Same, but he's definitely worth reading. Yep, he might have to punch you in that. the face. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, America. Uh, cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. Very heartfelt words. I mean, I... These films are my opportunity to continue playing with my toys. I need this. I need this outlet. Because otherwise, why do I have these things? I am not out to get a complete set. You know, I think this is where Paul and I diverge. He wants everything. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm done. I think I've got all the toys I need. I certainly have all the toys I need to be able to make films like these for the foreseeable future. I mean, where are we at? We're up to only 1986's roster of characters and vehicles and equipment. Like Many years to go. Exactly. I can't wait. Can't wait to show everybody exactly why the bug is the greatest Cobra vehicle ever created. <laughs> wow. Mm. I can't yeah. wait to feature Scoop in a story. Oof, well, it's coming, dude. It's coming. At least Whoa. tantalize me in this way. Are are we going to see Cobra Frogmen in or around that big boat in the in the foreseeable chapters? You're going to have to watch and see. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the fun thing about this, Cooge, is I'm not above taking requests. In fact, uh, a very early request is going to be honored as soon as we plunge into the 1987 pool, uh, particularly with Chuckles. And if you're listening to this, sir, uh, I hope you know that uh, you planted the seed. And that's about as cryptic as, as, as one gets, I guess. But yes, no, Chuckles will get a very fun feature and uh, we'll see a return from uh, some of the surviving members of the core. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, Cooge, now that you mention it, we got to have some Cobra Frogman. You're absolutely right. Well, at least in the future. Got to give him some love. Basically, what is filmed, ready for edit, and written to date is Blazing Sands 1 through 5. I'm going to be back in Cape Town in May. I know Rob's going to be raring to go. I think we'll probably, we'll probably get the flag wet again. And who knows, man. Oof. An aquatic <laughs> assault by a hardcore team of eels. I can imagine a lot of people listening to this out there would love to see that. Can happen. They may need to take a little night landing to pull Zartan out of the fire. <laughs> At my bedside table in my hotel room, I have a night landing being ridden by two eels. I can see you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, they're your little avatars, your little voodoo dolls. I'm still not over them, if that's what you're asking. Dude, one of the greatest designs of any Cobra figure ever. I'll stand by that. It's 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 in the eyes. I mean, whatever you fall in love with, it's always in the eyes. I think. Hmm. I kind of wish there was a standardized eel, because you know, like 
The other figure that's by my bedside is a snow serpent, which I acquired here in Singapore, actually. And so snow serpent is an eel in his cold weather paratrooper gear, basically. So like to round out the eel force, you need like a jungle eel or hmm. desert eel. It's Cobra's SEAL team. They're the, the toughest of the tough. You know, the Cobra Navy yeah. members who are super hard. I've started oh. looking at Joe figures slightly differently recently. Um, just kind of like as tactile pieces of information. And the thing that like the snow serpent, he's got heft in all the right places. Like and yet he doesn't huge... seem like a bulky figure. Well, that w- parachute is perfect. It's perfect as an accessory. I mean, sure. when you're playing, it's not going to be on, but I just look so good. Hmm. The snowshoes are, you know, a natural kind of standing piece. You know, people criticize the three and three quarter inch Real American Hero line, Hero line for not having variation in heights. Uh, they managed to rectify the variations in sort of musculature uh, towards the, the sort of the, the end of the 80s, but it doesn't burn me that you don't have very wide variations in heights. I don't know, maybe it's just me. It is going to always be something that intrigues me that uh, Lady J is taller than Flint. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, the action figures make it canon. She's taller than her yeah. man. I would agree with that. I mean, I, I've been some tall, tall, tall girls in my life. Um, yeah. Anyone who's dated a girl taller than them knows what it feels like. Flint, I get you, buddy. <laughs> what What about you, Stephen? When you're uh, re-watching it, is there still scenes where you're kind of like patting yourself on the back? You're like... I mean, for me, the one where the bird drops out of that little teardrop window, I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm in. It's brilliant. Well, I, I wasn't going to substitute out a classic poly for a, a later poly that has its sort of outstretched wings. I'd rather yeah. stick with the, you know, the classic toy so that it meshes well with all the rest of the sort of the classic stuff on display. And Vintage poly. Yeah, you know, just extrapolate with your mind that, yes, when Polly sort of jumps from the deck onto a locker, that she's actually sp- spreading her wings. Mm. You know, it's it's a given that, that this bird is flying or sort of flapping, even though the, the, the toy in, is inanimate and can't do that. In our imaginations when we were playing... That didn't make a difference, not a shred of difference. The fact that it was an unposable farm animal, basically, you know, <laughs> I don't think that hindered us from using it practically. Hold on, I gotta call you on that, dude. Like, oh, really? you're telling me that, like, Spirit is not more action ready. Or, like, I guess Raptor's bird. Did that have a name? Uh, no, uh, but, uh, but Freedom most freedom. certainly had a name, and, uh, if I had a Freedom to hand, and it fit the plot line, Best believe it would be grabbing shurikens out of the midair. Nice. But Polly can speak. That's something freedom can't do. Polly has a sort of a, a suspended sentience almost. So while while freedom can bring the action, Polly can bring the intrigue. You know what I mean? Why? Mm. Well, I thought I thought the 
and I, I don't want to stroke it too tightly, but like, I mean, like, I thought that the uh, lines were just evasive enough that you're like, oh, okay, the bird is trying to express, you know, something. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, of course, hugely ambiguous. You know, is this a stock phrase that every sailor teaches his parrot? Or is Polly actually trying to convey that his master, her master, is, what is Polly's sex anyway? Uh, it's, it's never good to ask a bird it's sex. <laughs> anyway, it's one of the shipwreck. last taboos. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's it's Polly's way of conveying maybe that uh, its master is out cold and needs assistance urgently. Um, but you asked, what are moments that I'm secretly proud of? Well, I have no lens expertise whatsoever. It's all shot on my iPhone. But what was really groovy, the lighting effect on Zorana's blouse was so new retro wave. <laughs> it really <laughs> blew out the pink, pink hue in those sequences. So you got really cold blue generated by the LEDs bouncing off mainframe's gray outfit. And then every time Zorana is in the frame, there's this like awesome like 80s pink blowouts, which was a happy accident and one that Paul, with his artistic sensibilities, called me on. He was like, was that intentional? I was like, no, but I definitely did not reshoot it afterwards because I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping it just the way it is. Very thirsty of you. Hmm. Beyond that, oh man, as I say, it is a huge relief to put this into the world because I've been called on my bluff a number of times and this is my way of showing everyone, nope, I wasn't bluffing. I really did want to put the flag in water. Boom. And I did it too. <laughs> you saw it first on G.I. Joburg. I mean, ever since that tantalizing photograph of that kid with his flag in the pool sort of went viral. And I've always yeah. argued that like, yeah, the flag is kind of side heavy and that kid is holding on to his toy for dear life. If he let go, <laughs> that thing would capsize in a flash. Um, and you, you proved that with this, with this, you know, with this, this, this floating worthy one. Um, yeah. I think you had to make adjustments. The day of shooting, the day of shooting, I'd scratch bolt it and put it into the pool. I'd refrain from doing that because I wanted its maiden voyage to be the one that goes into the episode. Just for, mm. you know, the historical value of that. But my, my, my sensibilities won out. I was like, let me just, you know, before I commit to this, let me just try it once under controlled conditions. And yes, even with the base as buoyant as it was, the tower adds about Two kilograms worth of weight. And this is without any figures. Two kilograms is about five pounds. Thank you. I, I think. Anyway, so nice. I was like, shit, what am I going to do? It's it's listing to the side. And that's not going to be very photogenic. And also, it's going to put the whole thing in danger of dipping the, 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 the tower into the salt water. <laughs> <laughs> so what I wound up doing was carving holes that you will never see because it's under the deck plates, but I carved a hollow and sunk two 
two kilogram weights adjacent to the tower on the other side to counter it. I took a spirit level. The level of the deck was perfect. Uh, it was floating with a perfect, uh, perfectly level keel. And yeah, no, that, that was just the cherry on the top, really. Um, and it, it increased the overall weight of the thing. But as I say, the thing is so damn buoyant with those boards, those polystyrene boards, that a little bit of added weight just, just managed to sink it slightly more into the water. So it wasn't like completely unrealistically floating, uh, you know, like not even an inch sunken into the water. Yeah, I think it looks good. Hopefully this will all become very clear in the making of video, uh, which hopefully will become the perfect companion to this podcast, because I can imagine listeners out there scratching their heads, what is Stephen talking about, man? <laughs> Anyways. Weights in the polystyrene? All will be revealed. But guys, it's just gone 20 past 3 a.m. in Singapore. I oh think my I'm goodness. <laughs> it's been a very memorable journey to get to this point. I'm... Extremely proud. I mean, on the face of it, these are silly videos that a grown man has made, (laughs) uh, shooting his toys close up and sometimes in extreme long shot (laughs) on the ocean. Um, but they are testimony to, well, testimony to me getting my buddy out of his shell and coming with me to the beach (laughs) and playing with our toys. Robbie, thank you, dude. I, I listened to a lot of outtakes while I was editing. You know, times when I was like waist deep in the ocean, just barking orders at you and you came to the party <laughs> big time. I was like, Rob, I need my GoPro. Rob, get General Hawk. Oh, no, my he, goodness. Yeah. No, he doesn't have his helmet. He doesn't have his accessories. <laughs> it's okay. Just, just bring the figure. Yeah, I, I've become a lot more precise. <laughs> at any point, you could have just said, Fuck you, Stephen. I'm having a smoke. You do it yourself. <laughs> but no, dude, you were part of the team, and that's what you yeah. guys about. We are a team. We never set out to be a podcast of one person talking to a microphone. We were Absolutely. always. It was always us. It's a group of friends. Yeah. Um, and also, let me tell you that that water was filled with rocks, and every time he told me to go fetch something, I had to walk over those bloody rocks again. And I think we both ended up stopping our toes at least once. <laughs> The tidal pool would have been so much friendlier. Yeah. It would have been, but it wouldn't have shot as well as it did. Brother, um, it would have been so friendly, everybody and their dog would have been involved. Yeah. What are you doing over there? What's this? Is that remote controlled? Are those remote controlled airplanes you got there? Oh, dude, what that, is an the that is totally an outtake. <laughs> the, when, the, when the guy came up to us and he was like, Yeah, bro, is that jet going to take off now? Yo. I was like, yeah, no. do you want to try? He was like, nah, it's okay, my bro. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, but in situations like that, I mean, I always appreciate people's curiosity, um, but like, you, you just want to move on and just keep doing what you're doing, which is why I understand like on proper, I mean, not that ours isn't proper, but I mean, like, you know, on like film sets and stuff, they have to lock that shit off because any interruption, it takes up so much time. Um, and you kind of have to just, Push through, um, not be rude, but just kind of like be passive, don't engage, and if, you know the people go away a lot quicker. That's good advice for anyone else out there who's filming. You know, we're very public. Just, you know, this is what I'm doing. Move along. Thank you very much. I appreciate. Gi Durberg, subscribe. <laughs> unless, unless 
It's a hot British chick intent on skinny oh. dipping. That story's coming in part four. Guys, the amount of times we've been shooting a video and someone has gotten buck naked, <laughs> it is quite staggering. I mean, it all started with that, that guy who decided to strip off and read <laughs> in the rain when we were shooting the transportable tactical <laughs> battle platform. But like, yes, our very first episode. <laughs> it, it has happened multiple times now. We've seen a lot of junk shooting these videos. And on that I've bombshell, seen a lot of naked <laughs> <laughs> on that bombshell, I bid you guys, well, to you a good night, Rob. Cujo, to you yeah. a good day. Uh, Cheers, to myself, brother. a good morning. Breakfast in four hours. Yeah. Get dudes. you a nap. Thank you for this very impromptu episode. It will be released in conjunction with Blazing Sand Part 3. I love you guys. I really do. Excellent. We love you too. We love you too. And our audience as well. And Paul. Hey, Paul. Hope you enjoyed this. E L E. Everyone love everyone. Yeah. Oh, what happened to the eels? Don't oh, forget, dude. Blazing Sand Part 6. Raising Flag. Yeah. Oh, it's a dude. Get the bug down there. Get some eels on it. Attach an inner tube. Get that baby up. It's gonna do. Like I said, we're not in eighty-eight just yet. It's gonna have to be the moray. No, you know what? It could be the hydro sled. Because as far as I'm concerned, the hydro sled is an underwater vehicle. Ooh. I can see it. Peace, dudes. Over and out. Anyway, that was that was amazing and just what I needed, gentlemen. Thank you.